You are listening to Normalized Crime, an in-depth look at gang life and all the effects that come along with it. Hey everybody, welcome to the first episode of Normalized Crime. I'm Eric. I'm Berto. To kind of start this episode out, we're just going to introduce you to, so me and Berto were connected by another podcast that I do called the Milwaukee Mafia Podcast. And we had him on for a special four-part series about his time with the Latin Kings. And I'm going to turn it over to Berto now. He's going to tell you a little bit about himself and why he's bringing this message out to the world for you. So go ahead, Berto. Okay. All right. Thanks, Eric. So uh, I became a Latin King when I was 13 years old. It was a lifestyle I lived every day, day in, day out. I was willing to die for it. I committed a lot of crime and I got involved every aspect of the game. I loved the brotherhood. I loved everything about it. You know, there's a lot of things that I didn't know about gang life in general. You know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to um, just specifically focus on Latin Kings because I believe that it covers almost every gang. There's a lot of things that I didn't learn. And I'm sure a lot of people didn't know about their gang or whoever they associate with. And I think it's kind of important to shed light on that. My purpose of wanting to be here is to, you know, kind of reach out and maybe Maybe help anyway, man. Give some clarity to some people. Give a different perspective. I don't intend to glorify anything that I'm talking about in my stories. You know, there's going to probably be a lot of violence. You know, there'll be a lot of things that people don't agree with. And um, obviously, at some point, I could be public enemy number one. But my point is really to create some good and kind of shed some light and maybe impact some lives. So overall, that's my goal. And so for this first episode, we're going to kind of touch into some of the misconceptions or because everybody has a perception of what a gang is. And being that most of us out there do not have the experience in knowing what a gang truly, truly is, as, as Berto does, Berto's going to kind of talk about some of the things that people might think about a gang that is very true. And some of the things that are cardinal rules within a gang that are broken all the time. The first question I want to ask you, Berto, starting out right away is there was a, at this point in your life, when you decided to make that step and become a gang member, there was a reason behind that. There was something missing in your life, I assume, that that you thought this gang could give you. Can you talk a little bit about what, what that motivation was? What was appealing about this lifestyle to you? Okay. So that's a good question. And I think it's a, it's a fair question that a lot of people in my situation at, at my age, um, face. So at that point in my life, um, which I bet a lot of people can relate to, you know, my home was broken. You know, my parents had split up. I grew up in, you know, a rough part of the South side of Milwaukee. I, I never had stability as far as like two parents that work and they have a house and, you know, every day you go to school and you come home. I didn't have that. You know, I had, I had a a father who raised me with a lot of morals and a mother who showed me a lot of love. But at the same time, you know, there wasn't one house I lived in as a child that I didn't get evicted from. So, you know, coming from somewhat of a broken home and, you know, dysfunction at home, you know, my father was abusive. You know, this is a common theme coming from where I come from, coming from a lot of broken families and and a lot of kids, I believe, they relate to what I went through and they make the same decision that I made for the same reasons I made. It's very, very commonplace. So at that time, looking back, there was a part of me that wanted to be rebellious, right? At 13, 
you know, I wanted to experience all these things that older people were experiencing, like drinking and girls and drugs. And, and so that was a part of me. And then not having the structure at home, maybe I was seeking structure somewhere else. I don't know. I, you know, those are things that happen subconsciously. Um, obviously I was looking for friends and people that I could call family and a brotherhood and, 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 and the Latin Kings, maybe other gangs do as well. They provide that sense of belonging as long as you can show that you're worth their time. And, and, uh, that's a natural attraction. The propaganda that goes along with the gang life and, you know, saluting each other with gang signs and wearing gang colors, all those things become, you know, you become enamored as a kid. You you start to really, really think that this is this great type of life. You got no responsibilities. You hang out, you party you're around a bunch of guys. And before you know it, you're knee deep. And then once you're there, depending on what kind of man you are or young man you are, is going to determine the path you go on when it comes to being in the gang. And I think that's how it was for me is I was raised with morals through my father. So they carried over when I became a gang member. And I used a lot of that to strengthen my relationships. And it made me, it made me noteworthy as a, as a young member and, and, and growing into the gang. So I think with me, yeah, that's, that's how it started is just, you know, kind of being lost, kind of looking for something, but unintentionally. It's, it's, it's weird. Organically, that happens for a lot of kids that are in my situation. Do you, looking back at it now, and let's just say that somebody is listening to this right now that is in that position that you were in and might be faced with the idea of looking at joining a gang. When you look back at it now, do you feel like there's a, something you could tell somebody, hey, look into this as opposed to a gang to get to find that t- family? would be the best way to describe it. Right. I mean, that's that they were your family. Is there something that you wish you would have looked at that's out there available to a young kid now instead of the gang? Or do you feel like this is just something that when you're in the situation you were in, this is like the only option really for a kid. Right. Right. So it feels like that. It feels like that. It is your only option because as a kid from certain areas, and I'm not just saying the South side, I'm talking about everywhere in the country, right? You live in these urban areas, you live around these group of people, and it doesn't have to be a street gang. It could be, uh, you know, it doesn't have to be a national organization. It could be a small street gang. And and you're kind of there. And it's not like you can just uproot yourself and go and live somewhere else, right? Like I didn't have nothing, you know, I didn't have family in different areas of the country. And, you know, so sometimes you do feel trapped. Um, but to circle back and kind of think about your question, I mean, obviously, the most common out, I guess, for a kid that would have been helpful for me is like sports. Like I love sports, right? So if I would have, if I would have, if I would have put as much effort into sports and 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 youth groups like that um, as I did into the gang life, I probably would have, I probably would have did pretty well for myself. But that's easier said than done. Um, I guess for me, if I was talking to a kid right now or or anybody, not even just a kid, because there's, you know, there's grown men that make the transition to be a gang member, you know, because they, they see it and they glorify it. I guess my main thing is, you know, looking back, I never wanted to listen to a guy like me telling me you shouldn't be in a gang, right? I used to look at it like, come on, man, like you're a joke. You're, you're a cop out, you know, you know, you, you did wrong and now you want me 
to listen to you. Like, you know, so, so my thing is I would never try to be that guy because I feel like it's ineffective. The main thing I would do is I would tell whoever it is, look at the facts, look at the facts surrounding your gang and look at the facts surrounding the people you associate with every day. And I guarantee you, if you do that, you're going to find the flaws. You're going to find the flaws in each individual person and you're going to find the flaws in the gang life in itself. If you can do that, you'll understand it's not worth it. Now, you know, granted, a lot of people don't want to do that because they're blinded by the lifestyle. You know, they feel like this is what I chose to be and they're empowered and it's nostalgia because, oh my God, I got all these people that respect me and love me. But it's not like that. It's not like that at all because <clears throat> they'll turn their back on you in a heartbeat. I've seen it. My thing is, if you can look at each individual person you're around every day, right, and ask yourself all the important questions that you need to ask yourself in that gang life, you're going to find that a lot of people don't live up to your standard, right? And let's just say you're in a group of five. We'll just go on a small scale, right? I mean, obviously, you know, Latin Kings are state to state and there's no way you can, you know, kind of, you can't vet every Latin King, right? But let's just say on a small scale, you got five people in your circle and let's just say they answered every question correctly, right? You know, would they die for you? Would they be honest with you? Would they not sleep with your girl? Would they, would they be there for if you went down? Let's just say they answered every question correctly. All four of them did and one didn't. That's the weakest link. You're only as strong as your okay. weakest link. And it happens everywhere across the world. So people that are blinded by the lifestyle and think that there's some magic way that their group is going to be different than any other group in the history of time. It's, it's a, you know, you're lying to yourself. So me personally, like I said, I wouldn't come at any situation. If I was talking to a group of kids saying, Hey, look, I did this and learn from me. I wouldn't say that. I'd say, listen, learn from yourself. Go and vet these people that you are with every day. And if you think honestly that they're going to be there for you when you need them the most, you're sadly mistaken. In your personal experience, did you feel that at for most of the time you were in the gang? That that, Or was there a point in time where you realized, okay, these people aren't necessarily going to have my back, but this is what right. I have now. I mean, I've, I've gone into this right. and there, it's just... There's no clear good way out. Right. So that's a that's a that's a perfect segue because um, you know, even to to bring up hypocrisy, right? But but um it's a perfect segue because if you think about it, if I think about it as a kid coming in, there's no way for me to know what all these other guys have done or are doing as gang members, as Latin Kings or as whatever gang they are. There's no way for me to know. I can't vet them. I'm coming into their gang. Right. So you come in with the preconceived notion that all these guys are really about that life that they're teaching you. Right. You think, oh, man, this guy is going to do this. And, and so is he. And so is he. And you're standing in a circle with a bunch of men that you think are exactly on the same mindset that you are. And it takes a little time for you to start seeing that they're not, you know, and you start weeding out these people mentally. OK, I know he's not going to yeah. be there when when things jump off. I know he's not going to be there. He's probably going to tell if we get caught and you start doing that. But sometimes it's too late for that. You know, sometimes it's too late because things happen so fast in that lifestyle and multiple things happen in a day. And if we're standing around and somebody rolls up and I got to shoot at somebody and Joe Blow is there and I realize now, man, Joe Blow oh, isn't worth, you know, my time. It's too late. Right. It's too late. I already pulled the trigger. He's seen it. So guess who the first guy he's telling on when he goes down? <laughs> I seen the shooting. Right. So, you know, that's the that's the problem, you know, with with 
the gang life in, in general, the concept conceptually, there's no way for you to ever know fully what you're going into. And it's a sad, it's a sad truth. Now, would you say, cause this is how I envision it. And maybe, maybe you can tell me that I'm completely off base on this, but if you strip out all the bad things that a gang does, strip, strip it all out, take it away. There is still core things there that are very good. Can you talk about some of those things or would you just not agree with that at all? Um, I think that we're far removed from that. Um, I think that the ideals of like the Latin Kings, right? The manifesto that was created was a masterpiece. If you read it and you understood it and you live by it with the exception of the negative parts, I mean, there's honor in that. It's, it's about being there for your people it's about being a good man, right? It's, and, and it's about, you know, having pride and having, you know, uh, uh, courage and, and all the things that people aspire to be as men. So yeah, conceptually, sure. But, you know, and maybe at some point we could have another, you know, gang come in and, and, you know, a Spanish Cobra or, or a La Familia gang member and they can, they can tell you what, what they were taught, right? And, and maybe what their, their ideals were and, and how far removed they are. But I know for Latin Kings, there is no, and don't get me wrong, it's been 15, 17 years since I've been in the street, but you still hear about what's going on. And there is no connection to the roots, so to speak, right? To what started it and to what it was based on. There's no, it's, it's so far, it revolved, you know, it, it evolved so far from that, that it's, it's, uh, it's an eyesore. Just put it like that, because the Latin Kings, we're never about just strictly violence and selling drugs. And, and that's all they're known for now. You know, you, you don't think Latin Kings, man, that's a group that helps people. <laughs> and, you know, they, yeah, yeah. Oh man, they love each other. You, you don't think that no more. You know, they, the first thing that comes to your mind is this is a violent street gang that, that terrorizes people's lives and neighborhoods. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, I wish I could say that there was some, something dignified about what I dedicated my life to. But at this point, I mean, the truth is there's not. So the idea that started the Latin Kings, you would say, was probably a pretty sound, pretty good idea. But over the years, that has just kind of vanished. And what you're left with yeah. is just the drug dealing, violence, t things like that. Right. The principles, the principles from the beginning, right? The foundation, the core, right? It dissolved over time. Right. And, and that happens from, you know, you cut the head off the snake so many times it starts getting to a point where, you know, it's like the game of telephone. If I tell you something and I tell you to tell 20 people, by the time it gets to the 21st person, it's, it's going to be completely different. And, right. And so that's how the message was. Right. And maybe you can confirm this, but I believe wasn't the Latin King started in like the seventies. So, I mean, we're yeah. talking like 30 years yeah. of telephone essentially right. <laughs> right exactly exactly so their ideals yeah. are nowhere near what they were when they first started right and and i'm sure listen i'm sure that anybody could you know at this point right it used to be like a huge secret you know the manifesto was like you know it was sacred it was like an ancient scroll of the bible right like you had to know somebody to know somebody to know somebody to get your hands on it i mean now you could probably google the latin king manifesto and there's going to be literature <laughs> that is supposed to be practiced all over the you know it's everywhere right so there's no secret here in what we're talking about um and 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 i knew it i studied it you know it was my life every day you know day in day out i focused on this book and what i thought it was supposed to bring to me and 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 listen i'm a hypocrite of it myself right like i didn't live it 
by the book. If I did, I wouldn't ever went to prison. Right. So um, definitely, I think it just gets lost on people. So can you talk a little bit about some of the things that we talked about prior to this recording? Exist there some ideals, some rules that exist within the Latin Kings that are either kind of just thrown out the window or constantly violate it? What are some of these right. cardinal things right. that that happen on a day-to-day basis that are supposed to be unforgivable sins that you saw over right. and over again people doing and nothing happening to them? Right, right. So, yeah, so, uh, you know, this is, this is to me, this, this hits home the closest, right? Because my whole life and the people in it were so intertwined in, in the Latin Kings. I mean, you know, like if there was a family tree or just, just, I mean, listen, like I told you before, my older cousin was a Latin King. My older brother was a Latin King. You know, my older cousin had four murders and went to prison for it. My older brother had a murder. My, my, my second oldest brother is still in for a murder right now, you know, and then my kid's mother, you know, her brother was a Latin King. Three or four of her cousins were Latin Kings. My brother, my brother had a kid with, uh, with a girl and her little brother became a Latin King. Her dad was a Latin King. Two of her cousins were on our case. They were Latin Kings, you know, so we were like all intertwined. So that happens a lot in gang life in general, right? But speaking from a Latin King, that happens from, that happens a lot where you have a lot of family members that are Latin Kings and people that were raised together that are Latin Kings. And so what that does is it creates favoritism and it create, and I'm, and I'm guilty. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm guilty as well. It creates favoritism. It creates hypocrisy in the gang. One of the biggest problems or the biggest, um, no-nos as a Latin King or as a street guy, any street gang, mafia member, you know it. You can't tell, right? You can't cooperate. You can't be a rat. You can't, you can't talk to the government, right? Biggest no-no in the world. You're dead to everybody. And, um, Rightfully so, right? If you're a street guy, rightfully so. That's what you live by. I mean, you're on the other side of the law. So you can't accept that. The problem is that not everybody follows that rule. Not everybody is going to stay to that rule 150%. And the reason why is because if I gave you an example, you could be the biggest street guy in the world and have all the respect. You're a shooter. You make money. You're loyal. Everything is good about you. And then your brother cooperates. Your job is to go kill your brother. Are you going to do it? And I would, th- I would hope in most instances nobody would. But I'm sure there's that one person that does. <laughs> exception to the <laughs> yeah, rule. Yeah. Exception to the yeah. rule, right? There, there's somebody. But, 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 you know, going with that theme, that happens more than people really think, right? And, and, and I'm sure across the board, guys are put in positions where they have to choose. And a lot of times they sweep it under the rug. And I gave you an example. I gave you an example on the podcast about a friend of mine. And listen, I still consider him a friend, right? I'm on the opposite side now, whatever. I can understand that. But I still consider him a friend. We grew up together. I knew the dude since middle school. And that's why I felt the way I did about him. You know, it was my kid's, my, you know, my kid's mother. It was her cousin. We were like jam tight, mm-hmm. you know. And at one time, he was the Inca and I was a Kasinka, you know. So we were in constant contact you know, constant communication. We always talk. And the situation happened where his older cousin, who wasn't even a king, ends up killing the guy, Liar Louie. And, you know, they pulled, they pulled Mondi in. That's the guy. They pulled Mondi in and, and, and Mondi cooperated, you know, and it's no secret, 
you know, people act like it's this big secret. No, it was on the front page of the Journal Sentinel, <laughs> you know, when he first went on, you know, he first went on the run, right? So, but when, when he came to me and he told me, he said, Berto, listen, I'm not going to prison for that, bro. I'm not going to prison for that. I didn't do that. I'm not going to prison for that. You know, my first reaction was like, well, what does that mean? You know, <laughs> like, what, what does that mean? Like, what are you talking about here? You know, are you going on a run or what? And, and it came to a point where he's like, basically like, he's going to tell him what happened. You know, he was going to cooperate. Now, obviously, I'm against that, right? I live the street life. I'm 100% through and through. But at the same time, this was my brother in my mind. And I said, you know what? I made a choice that was against being a Latin king for him. I said, you know what? Nobody's going to touch you, man. Like, at the end of the day, I'll go to war with you against anybody. And that's, that's, that's what I'm talking about. When I say there's hypocrisy, I don't want to just shed light on everybody else's hypocrisy. I want to put it on me too, because I was a part of it. You know, I contributed to it and, and it was very real. Like I said, coming into the gang, that same family, they had an older cousin named Moochie, right? Moochie was a part of the Latin Kings from the nineties. Those guys got indicted in 98. Moochie testified at the trial. He testified at the trial against the Latin Kings. And then these guys would have him around us throwing up the crown like nothing happened. Really? And I never knew. Yeah, I never knew. You know, I, I wasn't, I wasn't, um, how you say, like I wasn't intertwined enough to know, you know, the ins and outs of what happened. And until I got older and I started understanding and I started hearing things and I'm like, man, Moochie testify? Like I shook up the crown with that guy a million times. And this dude's a, a snitch or a rat or a cooperator. And they never had a problem with that. You know, so that this Moochie guy, so that you're talking about, so he literally right. went, testified, helped the government, came back out, and just like picked right up with the Latin Kings afterwards, and it, everything. Well, he didn't. He, he right. He didn't pick right up. Right. I mean, he let the smoke clear, and he was he was real cautious. I could tell he was real cautious around us. Like he wasn't like involved. He did. He wasn't one nine. Like he wasn't in our circles in our meetings or nothing like that. But when we seen him, you know, at my kid's mom's house, we throw the crown up with him like nothing. Oh, there goes Moochie, you know, and, and it was it was this big secret that they knew, but we didn't. You know, a lot of the guys didn't know that. And um, that's the kind of stuff that happens all the time in these gangs, not just Latin Kings, you know, and it's the hypocrisy because they want you to kill this guy over here because he told because he doesn't have any family in the Latin Kings. So it's, it's a joke, man. And, and, um, you know, and just to, just to kind of tag onto that story, the reason why that one hits home with me, man, is because, you know, I had a lot of love. Obviously that's like, you know, my kids are a part of their family, right? So it hits home with me. It, it's significant to me. You know, I felt like I was always willing to die for them people, you know, always willing to bend over backwards. I take the shirt off my back. It wouldn't even hesitate. And when it came, when the shoe was on the other foot and I had to make a decision, me, my brother, we had to make a decision. Nobody was, nobody was like, okay, go do what you got to do. <laughs> you know, nobody was like, don't worry about it. You know, I was the enemy after that, you know? All right. I can understand that, but you know, it just goes to show it's a little taste of, of how it goes. I, okay. So now I want to go back. You were talking about Mondo and Mondo also did the right. same thing where there was a murder he did not commit and he went and helped the government, told them everything that actually happened in that story. And you, right. the first thing I think is important because I don't think everybody listening to this or watching this will know. You had mentioned that Mondo was the, you were the Kinsinka. What's the other, what's the second one down? 
He was the Inca. Inca. Okay. He was the Inca. So you were the Kinsinka, and I think it's important for us to point out that's basically your, how do you describe it? Like your division of the Latin Kings, you were the leader of it. Is that a good way of putting okay, it? So, well, I was the, I was the, um, in the hierarchy, I was the second in command. So every chapter has a uh, structure and the Inca is the top, the Kinsinka is oh, the number two, okay. the enforcer. And, and, and then, you know, the soldiers. So yeah, so, I was the second in command. So the, he was the Inca. Okay. Okay. So now being that you were the Kasinka and obviously he was the Inca, so there was no other Inca. It, it was you and him. Do you think that right. in that story, the fact that you, could you go to everybody and say, Hey, Mondo's okay. Don't touch him. Even though he's helping the government and everybody had to kind of follow that suit. Whereas if Mondo had been somebody down at the bottom of the totem pole, per se, he might not have gotten the same compassion. Does that make right. sense? So, no, it does. It does. Um, but the thing, the thing is, is, and this is why it's important to bring this up, is because those things go without being said because it's against the rules, right? So I could never go to all the members and say, hey, listen, Mondi just fucking cooperated excuse me mining cooperated we got his back no matter what i could never go and do that because i mean you're talking about the ultimate sin now what i could do what we did do is you just don't mention it you don't talk about it and until somebody brings you black and white paperwork and says mondi's got to go you just kind of keep going and that's what happens it's it's like um they they leave gray area and and unless you prove the black and white it's kind of until it's brought to the light, it's not seen. And I think that's what happened with Moochie, right? Like he testified, but nobody ever sent the black and white, you know, paperwork statements out to the street. And so nobody had them on hand. So nobody who's going to say, you know, yeah, Moochie wouldn't testify at a federal trial. Nobody really knew. So that's the thing. Until it's like brought and shed light on, you can kind of just sweep it under the rug, especially, especially when you got rank. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. He's the Inca. I'm the Kasinka. We can kind of keep it hush hush. We ain't got to say nothing about it. It's 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 easier that way, opposed to trying to go and convince everybody in your crew that hey, let's stick up for the snitch. <laughs> you know, because yeah. inevitably, I would so, assume one person is going to be like, uh, uh, we're not doing that. You know, like yeah. And then right, and and now we're at war with everybody because they're right. You know, they're in the right. Yeah, we're in the wrong. I remember when we did the four-part series, I'm a, I'm a walking mafia. I remember on multiple occasions you talking about people that may have been around the Latin kings that may have once been a Latin king, but were no longer a Latin king. Does that sound right? Do I remember that correctly? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. So one of my perceptions of a gang is once you're in, you can never get out. And based right. based on on what you had said in the, in the podcast. It sounds like there is a way to get out. Can you talk a little bit about that? Like, is that one of those things where it's just kind of like if somebody's like, I got to get out of this lifestyle, I need to change where most people are just right. like, "Nah, okay. well, uh, that's cool. We understand, mm -hmm. you know, or was that like those okay. examples so, of yeah. rare circumstance? Yeah. I mean, you're talking about a unicorn here. Uh, um, so <laughs> basically to back up, right. And talk about the guys who used to be Kings, right. Um, that concept is a vague, it's, it's just a vague term that I was using, um, because it fit. And, and the reason why I say it fit is because I mentioned also in, I believe in the same episode 
that a lot of guys, they're a part of, they might be a part of a chapter and then they go to prison and they get out and that chapter might've dissolved because they had been in prison so long or whatever the case is. And that chapter may have dissolved or that chapter, the members might all be in prison too now. So when they get out, you know, um, the term used to be king is kind of loose because yeah, they're still a king, but they're not actually a part of an active okay. chapter. Okay. So until, until they're, yeah, until they're brought on and put on count be, uh, and, and get part of an active chapter. Yeah. They're still Kings and guys will still shake the crown up with them, but they're not viewed the same until they're actually active. And most of the guys who, you know, lose their chapter or, you know, lose their crew. If they're really about being a Latin King, they'll get out and they'll search and they'll find, and they'll become of an act. You know what yeah. I mean? Like yeah. it, they'll, they'll do their due diligence. You know, but it works both ways and it works both ways, meaning that sometimes kind of like what we were talking about earlier, there might be a guy who made it to be a king and then his crew got dissolved and he went to prison. He got out and he might not be the most solid guy. So this is kind of a time where guys can like wash their hands of him and not take him back on. Like he doesn't have to leave on bad terms. He just he's not welcome to come and be a part of any chapter because maybe he wasn't worthy to be a king anyway. You know, there's really no reason to X him. You know, you can't legally X him as far as the gang goes because he didn't do nothing wrong and he's a member. But, you know, so that's that's kind of an instance where people kind of look at it like, and do we really want this guy to be a part of our chapter? Like, nah, like go to the next one. Right now, as far as leaving the gang legitimately right now, if you go by the manifesto, there's stages of being a Latin king. Um, and I'm a little shaky on some of it because it's been a long time since I had a manifesto in front of me. Um, but I bet there's three stages. One of them is the primitive stage, which is the first stage, the stage that I was in that never left. Right. And that was the stage of gangbanging and being around all all the mess. Right. And then the last stage is the conservative stage. When you get to that stage, you got time in. You've been a king for years. You can ask to walk away and leave on good terms. And some people are granted that some people aren't. Um, but if you put in enough work in the street and you're known and I give you an example. Right. It's it's kind of a sad ending, but it's it's an example. Good friend of mine, man. I, I love this guy. His name is two three. He was a twenty third street big head Jason. He was a good dude. I mean, from the time he was a kid, he was a Latin king. He went all the way back to Chicago days, you know, to the ninety eight days, and he didn't get indicted because he was young. And then he ended up being two three. He ended up being the leader of twenty third street. He ran that chapter really well. When he was in charge of the chapter, is when one nine and two three were the strongest. You know, we were we were really close with each other and 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 we were united. And um, I mean, I never forget it. He invited all the kings to his wedding and he's like, hey, everybody come to my wedding. And, you know, everybody that could went. You got two long tables full of Latin <laughs> kings at his wedding. And uh, he gets up there on stage and he said, listen, man, he said, I love you, brothers, man. It's been a pleasure, but I'm done. And everybody just kind of looked at him because I love you guys, man. I gave my life to being a brother, but but I'm I'm out. I'm done. And everybody respected it. Nobody questioned it. Nobody, nobody was like, what? You know, no, no, there was no side eyes, nothing. And, uh, you know, he got off the stage. Everybody gave him a hug. And, and that was literally the last day he was, he was an active Latin king. You know, he retired. He was with his wife of 13 years. And, uh, the sad part is that years later, I was indicted. I believe it was in like 2007, I want to say. Uh, he was at a red light. I believe it was the LF. One of the LFs that seen him shot and killed him. And he died. Oh wow! So and, and, you know, and there's 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 not a lot of fairy tale endings. Man. Is it is it safe to say that that La Familia member had no idea that he was even not in the gang anymore? 
Yeah, probably not. Uh, it's so probably sad. Didn't. You know, he probably didn't. He probably, yeah, he probably didn't. He probably, uh, you know, probably looked at it like, you know, he had a chance to, to get a made member and, and he took advantage of it. And there's no rules, you know, there's no rules in the gang life. You know, they don't know he's retired. And even if they did, they wouldn't care. Cause at some point in his life, he shot at one of their guys, maybe killed one of the guys. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Right. So there's no rules in the gang life, man. And, um, it's sad, but it's, it's, it's a reality. So what are, Talk about some other, because I'm out of misconceptions. Talk about some <laughs> of the misconceptions you think are out there that people should know about with with gangs. Do you got any more? Um, I think I think everybody, yeah, I think everybody's familiar with, uh, <clears throat> you know, this brotherhood that that people speak of. Like I said, it goes from gang to gang to gang. I don't care where you're from, right? That's what it's about. It's about the camaraderie. It's about Everybody being together, you love each other, you have this loyalty, right? And I'll die for you, I'll kill for you, I'll, all these, all these famous sayings that they have, right? Every cliche you could think of. But then these same guys will sleep with your girl the first chance that they get. And, uh, and listen, man, I, like I said, I don't like to just point a finger at people and say, this is what they do, this is what they do, this is what they do, because I'm guilty too. Mm-hmm. I've done it. And, and it's a sad truth, right? But the, the reason why I feel like that's important is because, like, those are some of the most sacred things you have, right? Because, you know, when your feelings are involved, you know, that's not something physical, right? Your, your feelings are involved and, and, and you're, you're tied to somebody and then somebody breaks that. Right. And, and I feel bad about the things that I've done. Right. And so I just know that that, that goes on those little things like that, they add up and you start to see like these people that are professing this undying love to me, they're willing to do something like that to me. For what? Those are those are some of the things that, you know, and I think a lot of that goes with jealousy, depending on who you are and what you represent. Right. If you're popular in the gang, if you're if you're known in the gang, there's always going to be jealousy. Mm-hmm. There's going to be animosity. Right. And it's hidden. Right. Because everybody's high, high, he, he, you know, smiling each other's face. But underneath it all, there's a hint of jealousy. Like, man, that guy's popular. Or, you know, he's he's got he's, something he's I famous want. with the girls. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's, you know, he's a, you know, I think that anybody that is involved in the gang life, if you can look around the room and say that that's not true, right? You're lying to yourself again, because those are little things that as small as they are, they become big issues because you got guys that will kill over their relationship. I'm married, my wife, right? If somebody, you know, like, come on, man, like, you know, obviously I'm not going to kill nobody, but I'm just saying like you take somebody to a whole different level. And these are supposed to be your friend. This is supposed to be somebody you can always trust that you can always depend on. You know, that's, that's kind of, that's kind of hidden ground. That's, that's just, you know, I think it's important, man. These are little hypocrisies that through and through every gang, it happens all the time. You know, same thing with money. You know, you want to talk about money and, and the problem that that represents, right? Um, so the good thing about my upbringing and the guys that I was around is, we never really, first of all, we never really had money, right? But, but, you know, when we did, we never put money over each other, right? And we always looked at it like if I had it, you had it, you know, it's never a question. Anything I got, you got, right? We're brothers. But that's not true in a lot of instances, you know, and there's some gangs that vibe strictly on money, right? On getting money together. I mean, that's the biggest animosity creator you can find, right? Because when you find greed in somebody, I mean, what does that do? People kill each other over money. And I think that's a, that's a, that's a hypocrisy in itself when it comes to the gang, because opposed to the mafia, right? Where the, the, 
the better earner you are, the higher yeah. the rank you can kind of get, right? It, it's not like that in, in, in when it comes to the gang life. But what money can do is it can exempt you from things, right? So it might be okay for I, for a guy to to have money and not show up at a meeting because he gave a little extra money to the box. You know what I'm saying? You're going to ask a question. No, no. I'm I'm totally seeing where you're going with this right now. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so that happens a lot though. I mean, I know a guy personally, I've seen it done right where, you know, he's got money, right. But he ain't got to be in the hood, right. He doesn't have to be in the street because he's kicking money to the nation and yeah, he can still throw up the crown. He gets all the protections that are afforded when it comes to being a land King, but he doesn't have to do the dirty work. So that's a hypocrisy, right? I mean, that's, that, that's a blatant disregard for all these rules and, and, and everything like the whole point is that is that if I bleed, you bleed. We're in the same situation together, and and so you know it's just it's it's a it's a it's a sad truth, you know that I wish a lot of people would look into before they start spending so much time with guys. And that's where I would go. That's 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 where I would that's where I would direct people to go is examine your surroundings, man, and just see what really open your eyes to it before it's too late. I guess, right? right. <laughs> I mean. Exactly, exactly, exactly. So you, you talked about how, and you had talked about this previously, about how kind of, within your gang, money was never a big driving force. Um, it was more about having <laughs> money so you guys could all hang out, party, whatever, right? Right. Now, right, would you right. say, from your experience, I know obviously you were never in another chapter of a gang, but you obviously were around these other chapters, was that true across most of the chapters or were there chapters yeah, yeah. that were completely obsessed with just making as much money as possible? No, I'd say it was, it was true across. It, it's, it's funny because the example I'm talking about, it was from a guy from another chapter. Um, he was an Asian dude, right? You know, a lot of Asian Latin Kings <laughs> and uh, they called him La. His, his name was La, right? But he's a super cool guy, right? Like I like, mm. I mean, I like the guy. I liked hanging around him. I had respect for him, but you never seen him in the hood. You never seen him with a gun. You never seen him. You never heard about him in a fight or anything. But he'll pull up in his Lexus and he'll drop off his due money, pay his respects, and be gone. Right? And this guy wasn't an Inca. He wasn't a Kasinki. He wasn't an enforcer. He wasn't on the Crown Council. He was nothing. He was a soldier. But because he provided money and he always had to plug if you needed some weed or you know you needed some cocaine, whatever it was, you can go to him. Right? Everybody turned a blind eye. Well, we don't need him here. And know? that was so basically against everything that the Latin Kings stood for, because you were all one for sure. in, one and one for all. You know, like it was, it was you all had sure. everybody's back. And and this guy was, uh, yeah, he right. was providing money, but what's you know, right. that's not what it was supposed to be about. Right, but I mean, and, and and the reason why that's important is because this this guy could make one phone call to us and say, hey, man. I, these guys are waiting outside for me and we're going to show up, right? We'll and we're going to be there in two seconds. I don't think most people would realize something like that existed. You know, that's, that's kind yeah. of an eye opener. So, um, do you got any other big misconceptions? I'm trying to think off the top of my head of things. I, no, I mean, those, you know, as I think as we go on, if I, if I can think of something, you know, we'll, I can bring it up, but I feel like those are, those are core, you know, those are core misconceptions and, and, and I believe there's a lot of, uh, you know, there's a lot of, uh, a weight in what, in what they, what they are in themselves and people can grasp onto it. And, and I think people can learn if they really 
try to grasp onto the message and and they apply it to their own life if they're in the life you know i think that um i think that they can learn a little bit you know and maybe they even look at their guys a little bit and say you know what maybe i should question this guy a little bit okay i want to want to grill you on one more thing that i'm just curious about so do you feel like do you feel like the fact that the the people you were in this gang with did you have a stronger relationship with them because you were in a gang with them or do you think they were just normal like are your fellow gang members the same as my high school friends i guess is the, the right, way right, i'm going right, with right. it okay so i think there's a there's a there's a there's a difference right like i believe your bonds right were probably strong right it means your buddies you guys went to high school together but i think the bonds that i built even though now it feels like they were a facade and and they meant nothing at the time they seemed like on any like they seemed like a bond that could never be formed organically through high school or or through work or anything and and the reason why there's a reason why it's because you got to remember most of the guys we shared clothes we slept on floors together you know we we were poor together we were we 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 got in shootouts together we got shot at together like these kind of things they create a different kind of bond not saying that it's stronger than the bond that you had but it's a different kind and um and it's like an it's like an on call relationship you know it's it's not like like if 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 one of your buddies from high school called you and said hey man come on over here i need you you know you could say man i'm not you know i ain't going <laughs> if somebody calls me right i have to show up and and nine times out of ten, I well, want to show up, right? Because I want you to know that I'm gonna be there for you no matter what, you know. And you know whether you're right or wrong. I can kind of give a reference to this, something similar that people might be able to relate to, because I'm I used to be in the military, and okay. and I would say that that the way you're describing these bonds are very similar to my friends from the military, the bonds that we created because we experienced something that. I go downstairs and I tell my wife about it. She can never fully understand right. what we right. went through, right. what what we did in that life because exactly. nobody has any idea what that life is like. And I think I think in right. very many ways that's exactly the way a gang life is because yeah. you know, you can sure. sit here and tell me the things you went through and and your mindset while you were going through them and I can probably never understand it because I never was there. Right. And I never experienced it. And and I think that it just creates such a powerful force. And that's probably a huge driving force of what makes gangs' abilities to recruit people so powerful. And why, why you know, it took what? It took you getting indicted to really evaluate the life you had and decide, is this something I want to do going forward? I mean... Right. And maybe you can talk about this. Like, did you ever at any point prior to that indictment ever even consider the idea of walking away? Never. Never. Yeah, I mean, it was just, that was yeah. your life. And I think that's a very interesting yeah. correlation. So. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I do think that, um, first of all, respect, right? I mean, military, that's a huge, that's huge. I mean, and I definitely respect that. But I think that's a, that's a good correlation, man, because you know, you're in the trenches with somebody, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're in a foxhole with somebody, you know, and, and I trust me, you know, I've been ducked down in gangways with guys getting shot at, you know, wondering, are we going to make it out of here? You know, I, I, you know, I got, um, 
Yeah, I got, I got, I got a lot of stories, man. You know, where you never know if you're going to make it out. You know, you don't know if you're going to survive. And the people that you're with, when you do survive, it just makes you look at them differently. It makes you appreciate them. And I think that's a, that's a, that's a true statement with what you had going on. You know, you guys are, you're on the front line. No, I think I that's was a really blessed. good, a really good, um, I was blessed. I wasn't really on the front line. I was floating around in the middle of the ocean on a ship, but, but it's still, it's still an experience that nobody can ever un- fully understand yeah, unless and, they and, experience and listen, you, it, you know? you know? Yeah. And it's not, you know, I actually knew, yeah, I, I knew somebody in the Navy, but you know, that's, that doesn't mean to minimize it because, you know, out there you're in the middle of nowhere. You're a target. It's not like, it's not like, uh, Nobody can, nobody knows you're there. So hmm. I wouldn't minimize that, man. I, you know, a lot of people, if it was that easy, everybody would do it, <laughs> you know? So, uh, and there's a lot of people it. that don't make it through it. So, <laughs> so yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. So we appreciate everybody for tuning in and, and we will be doing these every, every week. So, so we will be back next week with another episode. Um, thanks everybody for tuning in and we'll see you. In- Thank you, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to Normalized Crime. Stay tuned for the next episode.